From Smashing the Plateau, I'm David Schreiner Khan with Going Solo. In this show, we discuss building your own successful business after a late career job loss. What I've discovered in launching Limbic Brand Evolution is that going solo cannot happen well if you try going it alone. Today on episode 70 of Going Solo, I'm speaking with Kevin Perlmutter. Although Kevin wanted to launch a company that was a one-person business, he realized that when it comes to building your own business, there are certain activities that you are well-suited to do and others that are best left to someone else. Stay with us to hear all the details. If you'd like to share your story on Going Solo, please get in touch with me at smashingtheplateau.com. Now let's welcome Kevin Perlmutter. Kevin is a brand and customer relationship strategist. He is the chief strategist and founder of Limbic Brand Evolution, where he helps CMOs, brand and business leaders strengthen customer relationships through the lens of emotion. Kevin applies behavioral science to turn emotional insights into a competitive advantage. Kevin, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, David. Uh, Great to have you on. Kevin, how did you become a brand strategist? Well, I've been working in the field for over 25 years, and I started my career, uh, first 16 years or so, I worked in advertising, and I call that stage, or actually phase one of my career, and I look at my career in phases. So phase one was advertising, account management, and then it was time for a change. I started to feel like I needed to do more, I needed to understand more about where customer relationships were heading and how brands actually become desirable in the world. It was also at a time when the mobile internet was starting to uh, force brands to rely on experiences more than advertising to set the stage for how their brands were perceived in the marketplace. So I joined uh, a company called Interbrand, which is a global brand consultancy. I joined them as a brand strategist and very soon became one of the leaders in the brand strategy group in the New York headquarters. I led large client relationships. I led large teams. I helped brands evolve their strategy, their identity, uh, their portfolio architecture. And one of the things that I got to do there, which was amazing, was I actually created their first ever global customer experience practice. So I was able to set the ground rules for how this organization guided clients to improve their customer experience. And that was just a really wonderful thing that I was able to not only uh, lead the charge on, but learn from and really learn how to make a difference in the lives of customers through the way they experienced a brand. Seven years after, after joining that company in 2014, I had another opportunity, which I'll, I'll call phase three of my career, which was I joined a music studio, a sonic branding music, music studio, where I had the opportunity to be chief strategist and also ultimately chief innovation officer. While I was there, I was responsible for helping that company evolve and become more mature in the way that it served clients through strategy and also to help guide experiences that were being created by that company in new and innovative ways uh, with the use of sound as the primary vehicle. But my work was to help guide those experiences based on how how brands wanted people to feel. So the, the work I was doing was very much rooted in emotion and how you want people to feel and developing strategies and consumer pathways and journeys and ultimately products that delivered on those feelings and experiences that delivered on those feelings. 
one of the things that I did there, which was very influential in my career, was creating a research capability, a research capability that's rooted in neuroscience and was designed to assess the subconscious impact that sound and other stimulus have on people's instinctive emotions and feelings and understanding and meaning and how that ultimately impacts their conscious behavior. So that was very influential to me in terms of my understanding of behavioral science. And I was, I was at that company for four and a half years. And after that, did you go into your own business? Yeah, that, that is when I decided uh, to launch my own business. And what prompted you to decide after this uh, great run in various corporate environments to go solo? Well, there were a few different things. One, I was, for me, it was, it was time for that next phase. It was time for phase four. It was time to actually get back to the roots of what makes me tick as a person, what motivates me in my career. And in my role as head of strategy and innovation at this music studio, I was constantly helping them do things that they had never done before. And it took me further and further away from my roots as a brand strategist. And at the same time, it gave me all of this new insight and all of these new skills around behavioral science. So in my mind, it was time to go back to my roots as a brand strategist. It was time to combine all of that newfound behavioral science expertise with uh, the work that I did at Interbrand, developing brand strategy and developing customer experience solutions for my clients and, and do that in a way that was bringing together all of my favorite things. And I had an opportunity to think about whether or not I wanted to go do that for another company or whether or not I wanted to do that on my own. And for me, doing it on my own seemed, the right, seemed like the right thing at the time, and still does. It was the opportunity to create something based on all of my experiences put together, design it myself, and launch it in a way that was what I felt was the best way to move forward for me in my career and for the clients that I would ultimately serve, as opposed to trying to fit this expertise into somebody else's company in this, in this part of my career. Mm-hmm. So much greater control over what you would do, how you would do it, where you would do it, when you would do it, et cetera. That definitely was a part of it. It was, it was a part of it. And it was also recognizing an opportunity. So I, I felt there was a huge opportunity in my field that was being missed by most brands and even most brand consultancies. So the kinds of places that I could have gone to work, I felt they were missing a huge opportunity. Through my understanding and learning about behavioral science and the understanding that instinctive emotion, instinctive emotion and other instinctive subconscious responses that we have to what's going on in the world, how that drives behavior, how that influences our decisions, and, and how that creates or, or destroys the loyalty that we have to the brands that we interact with, I felt that very few people were paying attention to that. And the statistics were out there. I was starting to read into it a lot. I was starting to look at data that had been collected. I learned things that, for instance, the Harvard Business Review reported around that time that fully connected, fully connected customers, and, and by that they mean people who are fully connected to a brand at an emotional level, are 52% more valuable to that company, to that brand, than people who are highly satisfied. So a lot of brands go for that highly, are you highly satisfied? Are you somewhat satisfied? They go for highly satisfied, but the real, the real objective should be emotionally connected at a high level. 
And they're 52% more valuable because they, they buy more, they recommend more, they are willing to try new things that you're offering, and they forgive poor experiences uh, much better and more often when they are fully emotionally connected. And on the other hand, it was reported at about the same time by the CMO Council that 47% of people will abandon a brand experience if they have a poor or frustrating or impersonal experience. So there, was, there were many statistics out there demonstrating, and Forrester reported many times over, and they're still reporting it year over year, that emotion is the largest driver of loyalty for brands. So all of these things started to tell me, well, wait a second, there are so many brands out there that are not understanding the power of emotion. The consultancies that I'm aware of where I could have potentially gone back to work are not recognizing this and making it part of the way they serve their clients. And I felt there was a huge opportunity for me to create a brand very distinctly focused on how you want people to feel, the emotional reaction that you're trying to get from people, and and making sure that you're understanding what they need and desire at an emotional level and that you're serving it. So I set out to create a, a brand strategy approach rooted in that thinking, something that would be distinct for my business. Mm. And Kevin, how long ago did you start your business? I started it in mid-2019, spring of 2019. And so since then, what have you learned about, about this perceived market opportunity? Well, about the perceived market opportunity, I, I've learned uh, that I'm, I'm definitely onto something. I've gotten very strong positive reactions from people in the industry. Clients have been interested in working with me and talking with me about this. When I, when I talk about the approach that I take, which we can talk about in a little bit more detail, but when I talk about the approach that I take to helping brands and businesses evolve with emotion as the focus, it gets a lot of, a lot of head nods in the right direction. And it, it also inspires people to want to learn more and think about it. I've, I'm, I also, you know, to answer your question a little more fully, I get, I get a little bit of evidence that I'm in the right direction as well because I've been speaking on the subject a lot and, and publishing some things, and, and that's getting good responses as well. Good. And um, as you have created your own business, is this the first business that you've run? It is. It is. In my career, this is the first time I've been out on my own, the first time I've ever launched my own company. What have been some of the surprises? Well, I think the biggest surprise for me is that I'm the hardest client to deal with that I've ever had. I find it, I find it rewarding and challenging and, um, and inspiring and um, enjoyable. And I love, I love working with clients and I'm, I'm good at what I do. So I, I get through the work with, with a lot of enjoyment and I really, um, I'm able to create some impact for their, from, for their business that is really appreciated. What I found is that when I apply my own standards to myself, I actually am pretty, pretty hard to work with for myself. When I set out to launch my own business, I did it from the perspective of being a brand strategist. I did it from the perspective of having worked in the business for a long time and having served some of the largest brands in the world over the course of my career and working with some of the most incredibly talented brand strategists, people who do identity design, people who write for brands and name products. I've worked in my career, I've been fortunate to work with some people who are incredibly talented. And the 
most important thing to me when I was launching was that what I put out there, the brand that I put out there to represent me and my product was as high quality as possible and earned the respect of the people that I've worked with in the past. I couldn't put something out that looked like it was done in a garage, that looked like it was done half-handed. I thought about it, every aspect of what I did. So the first aspect of that was making sure that I had a very specific, unique area of focus and positioning. And for me, that is this area of emotion. As a business, my business is all about turning emotional insights into a competitive advantage. It's all about helping brand and business leaders through the lens of behavioral science applications and insights. And I wanted to be sure that my focus was coming through. I also wanted to be sure that even the name of my business, I made a very specific decision at that point to not just go out as a freelance brand strategist with this area of focus. I made a decision to create a brand, a company, and my company's name is Limbic Brand Evolution. And that was a very well thought out process to get to that name. I did a naming exploratory. I looked at a variety of options and this name uh, rose to the surface and partially because the word limbic has a lot of meaning with respect to my business. The limbic system of our brain is the part of our brain that operates at the subconscious level and is responsible for emotion, motivation, behavior, and memory. So when we are having these experiences and we're affected emotionally, it's actually triggering things in the limbic part of our brain. So I used, I came up with a name for my business that that represented my field. And and even if it's not a well-known name, the idea of limbic from a a name perspective uh, has this sort of limb feels like flexible, bic feels strong. So from the construction, as, as it's constructed as a name, it really, it really has strength and flexibility built into it. Even the part of my brand name that is uh, evolution is very representative of me and my approach. I think that, I think that careers, businesses, brands, I think it's an evolutionary process. I think there's always opportunities to refine and improve things. So I thought very hard about the name of my business. The visual identity of my business, what my logo looks like, my brand colors, what my website looks like. I actually uh, brought into the fold one of my, um, one of the people who I've worked with for many years. She's a designer. She's incredible. Uh, She's somebody who I knew I had a good working relationship with, as well as um, I'm just always in awe of her design aesthetic and her, her talent and her skills. And I hired her to create that visual identity for me and help me launch my website. And she's also been somebody who, who's worked with me on, on client work since I've launched the business. I forgot to mention as well that when developing the name and the positioning, it was important to me also to seek input from the people that I've worked with in the past. So as the chief strategist, as the founder of the company, I was, I was driving the charge on what it was that I wanted this to become. But it was so important to me to get input and advice from the very talented people that I've worked with in the past. And they were so generous in terms of offering their ideas and their suggestions and helping to guide me. So one of one of the learnings in this process was that, you know, even though I was going solo, going it alone was not an option for me. I was interested in, in putting very high quality standards on what I did. And even though I have this background and this expertise, it's very hard to do it for yourself. 
So it was important to me to bring people together and get input from people who I trusted to make sure that I was getting um, an outside perspective and and having people being provocative and giving me things to think about that I was not necessarily thinking about on my own. Yeah. And when you conceived of your business, did you conceive of it as being primarily you or being um, you plus some number of other people? At the time I conceived of it and to this day, the business is me. And I also love to work with and have worked with and will continue to work with the talented people who I know that I could bring into a client engagement at the right time in the right moment. So I'm doing this myself. And technically, I'm freelancing other people into my business when when needed, because the kind of work that I do is strategic and foundational and often requires me to help my clients get to the next step, whether it's creating visual identity and design, helping them launch a website, writing body copy for things that they need to put out there that express the strategy that we develop together. There are some things that I could do on my own, and there are other things that I definitely want to bring in people to support. And the good news is I've had such a a wonderful career of meeting so many talented people that I know exactly who I would bring in for the things that I would want to do. That includes research as well. My my original background in behavioral science comes from developing a a research capability at my last job that was well-regarded and award-winning and and, and still is in use to this day in in a way that's uh, very powerful for that business. I have lots of friends and potential partners in the research industry as well who could help underpin my work with uh, really robust insights when the the need and budgets allow for it. Mm. Kevin, what surprises have come up as a new business owner? I think the biggest surprise Maybe it's maybe surprise is actually the wrong word. The biggest challenges for me are are actually just keeping keeping the word out there. You know, finding the right opportunities to meet the right potential clients. Expanding my network is something that I'm constantly working on, and it's just this this process that keeps on going. You have to keep the gap. You have to keep your foot on the gas, and you have to keep going at all points. And I knew going into this. That you know, being on my own, being solo in this role was going to require me to take on things that I never was responsible for earlier in my career. I always had people supporting me in putting out my social media. I've had people supporting the companies that I've worked for in generating leads for my business. And even you know, for a lot of my career, even when developing strategy for my clients, I had support in doing that work. And now, like many people who have launched their own business, you know, the common challenge is you have all of these things that you now need to be responsible for and either do yourself or hire people to help you do. And um, that's just the ongoing challenge. It's the balancing act of uh, keeping momentum up at a pace that feels reasonable and desirable and um, having the time to do everything you need to do with the resources that you need. Those have been the biggest challenges, not necessarily surprises. I kind of knew what I was walking into, but uh, ongoing challenges. Mm. Kevin, what's your dream for your business? My dream for my business? Well, as part of creating my brand and my strategic approach focused on making emotional connections between brands and people, I've created a term. uh, It's called limbic sparks. And limbic sparks happen when your audience is emotionally motivated by what you're all about. 
So if a brand can demonstrate what it's good at, what it's in the world to do to make people's lives better, and people are motivated by that, and it addresses the needs that they have because people are actually wandering around the earth looking to solve life's daily challenges. They're not looking for brands. So if a brand could actually intersect those challenges that they're trying to solve in their life and people are motivated by that, that's when limbic sparks happen. That's that's an amazing thing. So the dream for my business is one day that that, that term, limbic sparks, that trademark of mine, can actually be more valuable than my business itself, than my time. Uh, limbic sparks is something that can definitely be, tra- it is trademarked. It is, a, it is a trademark. It will be registered momentarily. And I hope that one day that that IP that I've created is actually something that lives on beyond me. It's a great dream. Kevin, if somebody wants to learn more about Limbic Sparks or any of the issues that we've discussed today or access any resources you have, where's the best place for them to go? Uh, they can go to my website, which is Limbic brandevolution.com. That's L-I-M-B-I-C brandevolution.com. I'm also on LinkedIn at Kevin Perlmutter. Sounds great. Well, Kevin, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to join us today on Going Solo, sharing your story, sharing a little bit of your expertise. My guest today has been the chief strategist and founder of Limbic Brand Evolution, Kevin Perlmutter. Thank you again, Kevin, for joining us. Thank you so much. When you visit the Going Solo website, you'll find a summary of each episode along with the links we mentioned on the show. Today we learned how to go solo without going it alone and much more. If you'd like to share your story on going solo, please get in touch with me at smashingtheplateau.com. Please share this episode with friends and colleagues to help them learn how to build a successful business after a late career job loss. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. I'll see you on our next episode.